Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. Thank God. Amen. Open your Bible today. I'm going to start teaching on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I was raised in a traditional church. I was raised in a church that believed in salvation and water baptism, but they did not believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They said they believed in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but in reality, it was like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Who because they didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit other than that they believed in it. And um, what happened is I was 14 years old. I was a really honorary child. And my mother started going to Andrew Womack's Bible study. Almost nobody knew who Andrew Womack was then. It was in Lamar, Colorado. He was then in Pritchett, Colorado. And uh, we pastored in Kit Carson. It's 300 people. And if you think that's the end of the world, you just got to go to Pritchett. And Pritchett's little Kit Carson and Andrew went there and God called him there and then he started having these Bible studies all around the area. And so my mother started going to his Bible study and she started praying for me. She said, God, could you help me with Lawson? I can't do anything with him. Listen, I am a very strong-willed person. I was a really ornery kid. But my mother started, and that's not all bad. If you've got an ornery, strong-willed child, God can use that. Um, God's used it in me. Amen? And I'll tell you something. Usually the ones that are ornery and strong-willed go farther and do more. So uh, you just got to get that will going in the right direction. But my mother started praying for me, and I went to this Bible study. And when I first went to the Bible study, it was in the southwest side of Lamar, and it was across the street from my cousin's house. And it was in that time Bobby and Jane Apple's home. It was a little ranch-style house. And I went over and I sat on the floor. It was so full of people, and Andrew stood by the door, and there was a living room, and the living room kind of ran uh, east and west, so that's this way. And the, and the dining room ran north and south, but it's kind of like this. And Andrew stood in the corner over here, and Andrew at that point in time led his own worship, and he had a 12-string guitar, and he would tell us, turn to this scripture, and we'd sing these little scriptural songs. He was own worship leader. And then when he got done uh, leading his own worship, uh, he, he took a little Marantz cassette deck. It was a one cassette deck. This is how his ministry started out, really, when he started, he started giving cassettes away. He would transfer them one to one because people started asking for these teachings on this, and he'd make it. And so he pushed the buttons on record on that and had this plugged in. And then he held his Bible in his hand just like this. And when he did, now I was saved. So since I was saved, the Holy Spirit lived on the inside of me. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. And the Holy Spirit said, listen to this man. He knows what he's talking about. And I got so excited. Because, you know, we went to a church that we, we you know, we thought maybe God will, maybe God won't. You don't ever know about God. We didn't believe in much except salvation and water baptism. But I started hearing about these promises. And I thought, thank God, this very first night that I went... There's a Bible full of promises that I can believe. And, and you know what? I don't have to be sick and poor and defeated by the devil. And I started believing it. And you know what? It, it changed my life. It transformed my life. And my life is so much better. And I'm going to tell you, I haven't won every battle. But I'm winning the war. And I'm a lot farther along and I'm a lot better off than I would be if I'd never been taught those truths. Amen? Not very long after that, that Bible study moved to my aunt's house. 
And my aunt at that point in time had an apartment that was in the southeast part of Lamar, Colorado. And I remember I was in the kitchen, I think. And it, again, it was a little garden level apartment and it was like the kitchen and right here and Andrew stood in the corner of the dining room and over here was a living room. And Andrew was teaching and after he got done teaching, he gave an altar call on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said, anybody who's not baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to come forward and uh, to receive prayer if you want to receive this. And then he had the people who were baptized in the Holy Spirit gather around them and pray for them, get behind them. And so they all gathered around behind them and they were laying hands on them, praying for them. I decided when the, after those other people came up that I wanted it. So I went and got in the back of everybody and I just lifted up my hands to heaven and I just received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. And I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit from that day to this. That was 45 years ago. Amen? And I'm here to tell you that the baptism of the Holy Spirit has completely changed my life. In fact, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, immediately I knew that I was going to preach the gospel. And I knew that this is what I was called to do. I couldn't have told you what aspect of it, but I know this is what I'm going to give my life to. I'm going to give my life to the gospel. And there were certain things that I knew about my ministry that I didn't even enter into for 25, I didn't start for 25 years. And I believe this, I believe if you're born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're, and every born again believer has a ministry of a type. We're all to tell people about Jesus, but I believe that your ministry on the inside of you is full grown. But it takes a lifetime to walk it out. You know, there were things that God showed Barbara when we first came here to Colorado Springs, and we've been here 22 years, and they have not yet come to pass. But we still believe that they will come to pass. And you know what? He showed me he's given us different witnesses about certain things. And so we still believe these things. But, you know, faith is a long-term deal. And I recently taught on the lifestyle of faith, and I taught about Abraham, 50 years of faith in God. And, you know, sometimes... The bigger things are, the longer they take to come to pass. And you have to realize that just because you're fighting a battle doesn't mean the word of God's not true. Amen. And you need to keep believing God. Amen. You need to keep believing what he's spoken to you. You need to keep believing his word. Amen. Because God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. What he has said he's going to do. That's in number 23. Praise God. That's Numbers 23, verse 19. Amen. So when, you, when, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, my life just, it just changed. And it changed for good. In fact, like I said, my mother was praying for me because she said she couldn't do anything with me. And my life changed so much that my parents worried about me because all I did was go to church and take care of cows. And I didn't have very much interest outside of that. Um, but I was radically on fire for Jesus. And I'm still radically if you don't know, on fire for Jesus. I am still radically in love with Jesus. I am just as much in love with Jesus today as I've ever been. That has not changed. Amen? I love Jesus Christ. Amen? I was singing like nearly the whole day yesterday to Jesus. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to be my blessed Savior. I surrender all. And you know what? If you haven't surrendered to Jesus, you need to surrender to Jesus. And if you haven't surrendered your life,
to the Holy Spirit. You need to surrender your life to the Holy Spirit. But I'm, I've never shared this message like I'm going to share it in this group of series and tell you the truth. I don't know how long it's going to take. I was planning on four. I didn't get but halfway through the first one. So we'll continue the first one next week. But I want you to turn to Acts chapter 2 and verse 17. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it talks about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is Peter's message on the day of Pentecost. He's quoting from Joel, It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit on all flesh. Do you know God is pouring out of His Spirit on all flesh? Do you know there are so many people coming to Christ in the Middle East that there are mosques that are closing and churches that are being built. There is an explosion around the world of the gospel, and don't believe all those lies. And I'm telling you what, I believe there's going to be a radical change, not only in these countries around the world, but I believe in the next few years, there's going to be radical, radical change in America. America has sown about 90% of the seed around the world for the gospel, and I believe America is getting a harvest. Praise God. And so when I look out there and I see all the crazy, you know what? The answer is Jesus. The answer is the Holy Spirit. If we don't, and we've got to keep getting people saved and keep getting people filled with the Holy Spirit and make no apologies. Amen for the move of God. He says, I'm going to pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy and your young men are going to see visions and your old men are going to dream dreams. And on my servants and my handmaids, I will pour out of, in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Now, a couple things I want you to notice there. He says, they're going to prophesy. There are nine manifestations of the spirit that are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Three of them are speaking gifts. They are prophecy, the gift of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And prophecy by biblical definition. 1 Corinthians chapter 17, or 1 Corinthians chapter 14, excuse me, verse 3 says, He that prophesies speaks unto men edification, exhortation, and comfort. The simple gift of prophecy has no revelation in it. It's just to speak words of exhortation, edification, and comfort. If you study on down, through 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you can find that tongues, the gift of tongues. And there's a difference between the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues. The difference is this, the simple baptism of the Holy Spirit is a personal prayer language. 1 Corinthians 14 is explaining the operations primarily of these speaking gifts. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. He that prophesies speaks edification to the church. So, so when you're the, in the simple gift of your prayer language and every born-again believer can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, you are edifying, you are building up yourself. But tongues plus interpretation as you read through 1 Corinthians 14, equals, it says, he that prophesies is greater than he that speaks in tongues unless he interpret. 
tongues plus interpretation is equal to prophecy. So when he talks about prophecy here, he's talking about the speaking gifts. And then he says this, your young men are going to see visions and your old men are going to be dream, dream dreams. I believe that visions and dreams have to do with the gifts of revelation. Now, not every vision and not every dream comes from God, and you need to know that. And the way that you can tell that is when you study the Scripture and see what God does and what the devil... I've had some dreams that came straight from the pit of hell. And I know the difference, amen? And so some of them I just throw in the trash. But I know when things come from God, I know what God's speaking. Praise God. And so visions like Daniel had visions, and these visions many times were, they were, they had a revelation. Now the gifts of revelation in 1 Corinthians 12 are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. The word of wisdom by definition is a specific word of God's wisdom about the future that's not revealed naturally. So with the word of wisdom, it's different than just Proverbs wisdom. There are people who have Proverbs wisdom, and there are people who have a word of wisdom. And it's not all wisdom, it's a specific word revealed by the Holy Spirit. And God gives words of wisdom. Praise God. A word of knowledge is a specific word of God's knowledge that is revealed by the Holy Spirit. It's not, nat it's not Proverbs knowledge. It's not just having knowledge, but it's revealed. It's supernatural gift. of the, It's, a, it's a, a fact that's in existence, that's present or past, that's revealed by the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we, have, we record five television programs a week. And Barbara and I, not long ago, we were recording, and we were recording these five programs. And while we're recording at the end of the show, she just said, there's someone watching right now, and you've got this problem right here physically, right? And, and right now, God is healing you right now. And you know, this, it's several weeks between when we record that and it shows, but the Holy Spirit, there's no time or distance with that. And so when that show played the other day, one of our prayer ministers, this person called in and they were so excited, they said, I had that problem and Barbara gave that word and I just reached out and grabbed it and I'm healed right now by the power. They were so excited. Thank God for the, the, the gift of the Spirit. And then the other of the gifts of revelation, the, 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 the third one is the discerning of spirits, which means to discern the presence or activity of a spirit. Not just evil, right? Whether good or bad. Some people think they got the discerning of spirits and the discerning of devils. If they put it on themselves, they'd quit doing that. Because it's not. The, just the, it's the discerning of spirits. And it can discern your spirit whether if it's in operation. You don't have these things all the time. But when it's in operation, they're given by the Holy Spirit and they operate by the Holy Spirit. You can see things, right? And things can be revealed by the Spirit. Now, as we read on down, notice what he says. In verse 19, I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. That's like the glory of God. He says there's going to be wonders in heaven and signs on earth. This to me is talking about the power gifts. The power gifts are the gift of faith. 
The gift of faith is when God gives you a supernatural gift of faith. It's beyond your natural faith. There's actually four aspects of faith. I could teach a four-part series on faith. There's natural faith, like a farmer sowing seed. There's the fruit of faith. When you're born again, you have the supernatural fruit of faith. And the Greek word in, in Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23 is faith, pistis. It is the gift. It, it is a fruit of faith. So you have the faith of Jesus, the exact same faith of Jesus in every born-again believer, right? So there's, there's the gift of faith, right? There's saving faith. That's a different faith. There's the fruit of faith. And, and so the, the highest is the gift of faith, right? Then there's a fruit of faith. There's saving faith. And there's natural faith. A farmer sows seeds and expects a harvest, even whether he's born again or not. He has faith. So natural faith, saving faith, the fruit of faith, and the gift of faith. But the gift of faith is when God gives you a gift of faith that's beyond where your natural faith is or where your saving faith or the fruit of faith is, right? And I've had this operate in my life. And man, it's just like God does something. You're like, wow, that's amazing, Jesus. <laughs> I've had, those, I've had those things happen since I've been 16, 17, 18 years old. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The gift of faith. And then there's the working of miracles. The working of miracles is when God works through a person or instrument to perform a supernatural act in an instant. And there's the gifts of healings. Gifts of, there, there's more than one. These are in 1 Corinthians 12, these nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Right? And with the gifts of healing, God gives somebody a specific gift of healing in a certain area. You'll see a lot more people healed in that area. If somebody comes up to me and they ask for prayer and maybe they ask for three or four things, if I know that I'm operating, that I have the gift of healing working in a certain area, I won't tell them. Because I don't want their faith to be in the gift. I want their faith to be in Jesus right? But I will pray for that part where I know that I have a gift of healing. And the way that I know that I have a gift of healing in that area is because I've went out and prayed for a lot of people. And in this area, I'll just see a lot of results. So I'll pray for that first. And, and when they, they feel the power of God, they're like, wow, that's amazing. Then they'll start believing in these other areas and receive. Does that make sense? <laughs> Praise God. So there's these Nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and they come, the power gifts really are connected to the glory of God. And he says in verse, 19, in verse 20, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon into blood. That happens in the book of Revelation. So until the sun is turned to darkness and the moon is turned to blood, we are in the day of grace and we have these gifts, manifestations, they're the charismata, the gifts of grace that are given by the Holy Spirit to the church. And, and you know what? We need to be operating in them. And, and he says it will come to pass. He says, before that great, and it will come to pass that whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The one thing that should happen when these gifts are in operation is it ought to draw people to Jesus. Praise God. And I believe that when these gifts operate, it brings people to know Jesus. Praise God. They're like, man, that's just like in the life of Jesus. When you study the life of Jesus, many times when he healed people and set people free, people would believe on him. When they would see the miracles that he did, they would believe on him. 
So thank God for these operations. But my pastor used to talk about this years ago. And he said many times in Pentecostal or full gospel churches, you know, and I consider myself to be Pentecostal, full gospel, and charismatic, all of the above. Okay? So he said we focus on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but we really ought to focus on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But today I'm going to be teaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, right, is what is like a doorway into the gifts of these other nine operations of the Holy Spirit. And if you're born again, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know what? If you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's like fighting hell with a water pistol. Man, you need the power of God. And we're going to read, you know, this first, the first thing I want to talk to you about this is this is the promise of the Father. Jesus referred to it. So I want to go back to Acts chapter 1 and read beginning in verse 1, and we'll read through verse 8. But he says, This former treaty have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Jesus started this out. But you know what? He's not done yet. Jesus is not finished yet. Jesus is still doing and teaching, but how's he doing it? He's working and he's teaching through the body of Christ. He is the head and we are the body. We are the fullness of him that carries out all things. That's what Ephesians 1 say. Until the day in which he was taken up after that he threw the Holy Ghost. Do you know Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost? had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them. After his resurrection, he was seen, first of all, you know, of a couple people, then some more, and then some more, and then he was seen of 500 people at once. He says, being seen of them 40 days and speaking to them of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. For being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they would not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. So Jesus said, you need to receive the promise of the Father. Hallelujah. And you need to wait for it. Now, today, nobody has to wait. The only time that they had to wait in the book of Acts was in the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit until the day of Pentecost. So they waited from seven to ten days, right? Jesus was seen to them 40 days after the resurrection, and then 50 days after the resurrection on the Feast of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out. But they didn't wait in the book, in Acts chapter 8, they didn't wait in Acts chapter 10 or Acts chapter 19. And we'll talk about those next week. But today we're going to talk about the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus talked about this promise, which he said, you have heard of me. For he said in verse 5, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Like seven or ten days later, the Feast of Pentecost. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time... Restore again the kingdom to Israel. 
And he said, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own. You know, these were good Jews. It's just like we got some good patriotic Americans that come to Karis Christian Center. And when we look out in the world, we say, man, this is crazy. God, are you going to clean up this mess? Man, I look out there and see some stuff, and I'm like, God, you could just strike some of them people dead. Now, I don't know how that fits in with grace, but... But he is a God of grace. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know, man, I, I am a conservative Christian believer. I make no apologies for it. And I believe there's hope for America. But Jesus said, you know what? There's something that's more important than that. And what is more important than that is that people get saved and get filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you that if we don't get people saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, we're going to lose this challenge. But we're going to, there's a revival that's, that has already begun that's happening right now. And, and we are part of it. And it's going to continue, and I believe all, I believe America's going to be saved, just like the Jews, I, all Israel's going to be saved. That's the prophecy he gave. The Bible talks about it. You know how Jews get saved? They get saved just like Gentiles. They've got to believe on Jesus. So he said, John, truly baptized with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. So they were asking him, Lord, are you going to set up the kingdom? And he said, listen, it's not for you to know that. But he said, this is what I want you to know, really. Number one, this is the promise of God. If there's a promise God has for me, guess what? I want it. I don't know about you, but I want it. And he said, you shall receive power. You're going to receive power. This word power in the Greek is the word dunamis, and it means special, wonderful, miracle-working power, the same power that Jesus had. You're going to receive, and you receive it through the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost comes on you and you're going to be witnesses unto me. I believe that every born-again believer needs to be a witness for Jesus. But what makes us an exceptional witness for Jesus is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you're born again and have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And listen, I make no apologies for it. Hallelujah. Lawson Purdue would not be who he is. This church would not be here if Lawson Purdue did not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, a lot of these churches that were started in the charismatic movement and, you know, as a result of what happened, because in the charismatic movement, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in the end of the charismatic movement that happened in the 1960s and the 1970s. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1978. But what happened is God raised up through the, when, he, when, this, when these people got spirit-filled, he raised up apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers and, and then churches like this one started. But there are, there are a lot of churches that started in the power of the Spirit and they have nothing to do with the power of the Spirit. And it's a tragedy. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you know what an advertisement you are, but when you get full of the Holy Ghost, you are an advertisement for the kingdom of God and you are an advertisement for Jesus Christ. 
Do you know, I got a call in late April. It was after Easter sometime, and my cousin called me, and she was in Denver with her 40-year-old son who had went in, you know, about 10 days earlier to have a surgery, and he had a, he had a hernia, and what happened, he ended up with a blood clot. They live in Fort Collins, and it went to his brain, and basically, the doctors were giving him no hope. They had cut out the side of his head. He wasn't having any movement. He was in Anschutz Hospital. Been, this was about a week or 10 days into it. And she had a vision of me coming and laying hands on him and praying for him and God raising him up. And you know what? Uh, she called me on a Saturday morning. Usually I'm busy and don't have, but that Saturday morning I had time. She called me about 8 o'clock. But she had this vision, I believe it was on Tuesday before I went up there. But, but she was afraid. And she goes, she was raised in the same church I was, right? This traditional religious church. And she goes to a charismatic church, but it's like a non-charismatic, charismatic. It's like a non-spirit-filled, spirit-filled church. And they never talk about speaking in tongues or the gifts of the Spirit. I'm here to tell you it is an atrocity. But she was afraid to call me, but she has a sister that went to this school like in the church I came out of, and she's a pastor's wife in that church, the one that only believes in salvation and, and water baptism. So she, she called this sister who's a pastor's wife and said, what do you think? She said, listen, if you think that God's telling you to do it, even though you're afraid, you need to obey God and do it. So then she called a couple of my other cousins and got my phone number, and then she called me about 8 o'clock this Saturday morning. And I said, listen, if I don't call you back, I'll be there in an hour and a half. And I went and asked Barbara. She said, go. And so I went up there, and I, I, I told her, and there was another person there, and as soon as I came in, he left. You know, sometimes what's in your spirit and what's in their spirit is different. And she was afraid initially, even though she goes to a, I call it a non-charismatic, charismatic church. But she called because the, her sister that go, that's a pastor in one of these churches said, you better call him. You better obey God. And so I said, listen, sometimes we pray for people and, I, and, and they're healed and it's gradual and sometimes we don't see any physical change, right? Sometimes we pray for people and there's an immediate change. And so I was there about a half hour, 45 minutes and I talked to her and I gave her some testimonies and then I laid hands on him and anointed him with oil. Now he wasn't moving anything. He wasn't speaking. The doctor said, listen, he's either going to die or be a vegetable. That's how it's going to be. We can't do anything for him. And when I prayed, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. I could feel the presence. This is a mama crying out for her son. And she had been crying out to God. And I felt the presence of God, but we didn't see any change whatsoever. But later that day, he moved his finger. And the doctor said, that's a miracle. Well, within a couple of weeks, he was, not, he was moving his finger, moving his legs. And a little bit later, he was talking. And after that, he got up and he started walking. And then he went to rehab. And then I just heard, I got a, I got a text from my mom. I talked to his grandma. And his grandma said, now he's going to work two or three days a week. 
Now listen, sometimes I pray for people and I don't feel nothing and they get an immediate miracle. And sometimes I pray for people and you know what? I feel something and nothing happens. And sometimes, you know, I, I mean, but it, and I don't always know why it works and why it doesn't work. I'm telling you, I am not God and I'm not going to try to be God. But I'm telling you, God is alive and Jesus is alive and the Holy Spirit is real. And when I thought about this, you know, her having this vision, this is like the book of Acts. And you know what? We are in the book of Acts today. The Holy Spirit is still being poured out and God still wants to save people and heal people and fill people with the Holy Ghost and free people. And we need the Holy Spirit today. And so it's the promise of the Father When we receive it, it gives us power, special, wonderful, miracle power. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 12, He that believes on me, the same works that I do, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Amen? And it makes us witness. The Holy Ghost will make your life a witness to the world of Jesus. And you know what? God wants to make you a witness of the life of Jesus. Now, we're going to move into Acts chapter 2, and we're going to look for just a few minutes about the initial infilling or baptism of the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, about 10 days after Jesus gave them that, that word, in Acts chapter 1, 50 days after he was raised from the dead, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound. God works with sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them forked tongues like a fire and it sat on each of them. Years ago, one of my good friends, Bobby Jean Merck was her name. She was a prophetess of God. She went home last year to be with Jesus. But she was an amazing woman of God. She was holding a meeting in Atlanta and they called the fire department because they saw flames of fire on the roof in this hotel where she was holding a meeting. And she was wild. Amen? And guess what? We need some people that aren't afraid of the Holy Ghost. And they were all, see that word all. If you're saved, you're a candidate for the baptism. Of, I don't believe it should be something unique for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I believe it should be something you know what? I, I believe it's for every believer. And it, you know what? If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit and you're saved, you ought to get filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began. They didn't stop them. They just began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the, uh, the Spirit gave them the words and they spoke them out. Now it says in verse 5, there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation, why, why did, did it wait on the initial infant? Because God was waiting for the Feast of Pentecost. Because at the Feast of Pentecost, there were Jews that were, he knew they were going to be there from every nation to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. This was his way to get the word out about salvation, about the Holy Spirit to the world. And, and, and notice what it says. And when it was noised abroad, it says in verse 6, in the modern English version, it says, when they heard the sound. This wasn't something that was out in a back room. 
This wasn't something that they put off to another time. This was something that was right in the middle of one of the biggest feast days of the year where God had gathered people supernaturally by the Spirit. And they heard them speaking in their own languages in tongues. And they were all Galileans that were speaking and of the wonderful works of God. And they said, what does this mean? What does this mean? And some of them mock, just like some people mock today. Listen, you can mock me, but I don't care. And if you think I'm crazy now, you should have seen me about 40 years ago. Because I was crazier 40 years ago than I am today. I remember preaching in Kit Carson when we started the church. We were in a community business, a steel building with a concrete floor. They had a, a, a dance Saturday nights, threw cornmeal all over the floor, and we went over there Sunday morning and swept it all up. And I had church. I mean, you talk about bad acoustics. It was bad acoustics. You think it's loud in here? You ain't seen nothing. I'd get up and run on the chairs, on the tops of them. With five rows of people in the church. Greg Trapp thought, my God, what's happened when his Methodist mama brought him to our church? His Methodist mama thought, my God, what's happened? But they started coming to our church, and God changed their life. And his Methodist mama, and I love the Methodist. John Wesley was filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with tongues just like I do. Hallelujah. Amen. But she came to church and listen, his mama is wilder than I am today. <laughs> Glory to God. The Holy Ghost will change you. You meek little timid religious thing. You ought to get over your meek little timid quiet self and let the Holy Ghost get a hold of you. Quit being ashamed of the Holy Ghost and quit being ashamed of Jesus. Start sharing the message. Get out of yourself. You're so arrogant. And Peter, you know what? He was the one. He was so chicken. He cussed and swore three times that he didn't know Jesus. And now he got filled with the Holy Ghost and began to preach. This is, this is what Joel spoke about. And this Jesus who you crucified, God, raised him from the dead. And he has sent forth this which you now see and hear. And they said, what must we do? That's in verse 37. What must we do? Jesus received the Holy You can't give something you haven't received. He received the Holy Ghost and now he's pouring it out on everybody. Man, I want everything that Jesus has to give. And when they asked this question, what shall we do? In verse 38, Peter said unto them, repent. In other words, you need to get saved. Repent and believe on Jesus. Number one, you need to get saved. Number two, you ought to get baptized and be baptized. Amen. And number three, you ought to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody said filled. You know what? You not only need to get filled with the Holy Ghost, you need to stay filled. with. The, and some of you that were filled with the Holy Ghost 20 years ago need to get refreshed. You need to start speaking in tongues a little bit more. You need to let... Hallelujah. Repent and be baptized and get filled with the Holy Ghost. That's three things. For this promise, look at verse 39. This is to you, but it doesn't stop with you. It's to your children. 
And it's to as many as are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Guess what? He called everyone at the cross. Everyone. John chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men. I'll take all judgment to myself. Jesus called everyone into salvation. He called everyone, those who he called. Hallelujah. He justified it, says in Romans. Calling. He called everybody to get saved. God has a plan for your salvation from the foundation of the world. He justified, and those who he justified, you're justified when you believe on Jesus. He glorified. That's talking about from eternity past. He had a plan for your salvation. And, and then when, when Jesus called you at the cross, and then when you believe on Jesus, you get justified by faith. And then he glorified. That's talking about eternity. That's eternity past, eternity future in one verse in Romans chapter 8. Now he says this right here. As many, even to you and your children, as many as are far off. That includes me. Even as many as the Lord. God called you to be saved when Jesus died on the cross. If I be lifted up, if I, I'll draw all men, I'll take all judgment to myself. He called every man from Adam to Armageddon. He took the judgment for every man. And with many other words, he testified, save yourselves from this crazy generation. I can say that today. Then they gladly received his word and were baptized. And there were about 3,000 people added. Verse 42 to the church that day says they continued steadfastly. This is a plan for personal health as a believer. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. They continued in the word and fellowship. They continued going to church. To me, that's church. Listen, I go to church at least two times a week. Sometimes I go more. Hallelujah, and I love church. My granddaughter Ada missed last week because she had a virus or something, and Wednesday night they were coming to church, but they forgot something. They turned around to go back home, and she started hollering, Church! 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 She loves church. She's three years old and can hardly, or not three yet, she's going to be three, but she can barely talk, and she knows she loves to come to church. Listen, in COVID, the world tried to kill the church. But it's time for the church to get back to church. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. They continued in the word, and they continued in fellowship, and they continued in breaking a bed. That's talking about relationships. We need relationships. We need one another in the body of Christ. Guess what? Pastor Lawson been kind of grouchy lately. And my wife Barbara said, listen... Lawson, you need, you need to go get checked out. I want to make sure you're okay physically. And I listened to my wife. If I didn't listen to my wife, I'd probably have been dead a long time ago. And if I didn't listen to my wife, I probably would have went broke a long time ago. But listen, I listen, I got a good relationship there. And yesterday I came to men's fellowship and Rich Phipps was confessing his sins as he was preaching. And I'm confessing my sins right now. And, and Pastor Lawson had been kind of grouchy. He's like, you need to go see Dr. Henderson. He's sitting back here. He's full of the Holy Ghost. He loves my, Jesus. He's my personal physical doctor. And I went to see him, and he checked me out. And guess what? My physical body is doing just fine. But I talked to him a little bit. I talked to him too long to tell you the truth. And I told him, listen, I owe you lunch. But he said, I'm telling you what, Pastor Lawson, you've just been doing, dealing with a lot of stupid. And what you need to do is you need to take a vacation. And so I took him up on his word, and I went and scheduled a vacation later last week, and I'm going to go on vacation for three days. I'm going to go on vacation. We haven't been anywhere since March, and I'm going to leave for three days in a couple of weeks. Hallelujah. 
So listen, I, I know that I, guess what? I need breaking of bread. I need relationships. I need other people. And I don't make a lot of decisions outside, big, larger decisions in my life outside of godly counsel. And when God speaks, I'm listening. And you need to have relationships. And when God speaks through other people, you need to listen to, forgive me. Hallelujah. They continued in the, in the Word, and they continued in church, and they continued in relationships, and they continued in prayer. You need to keep praying. You not only need to get filled with the Holy Ghost, you need to keep praying in the Holy Ghost. Aaron told somebody counts another day. He said, listen, for 30 days in your prayer time, all I want you to do is speak in tongues and thank God. And if you're one of these people and all you do in your problem in prayer is focus on the problem, all you need to do for 30 days is thank God and speak in tongues. And I'm telling you, your life's that's great counsel, Aaron. Your life's gonna get a lot better. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So guess what? If you need it, God's got it. Salvation is for you, and the Holy Ghost is for you. And Pastor Lawson wouldn't be where he's at today, nor would Barbara or Aaron or our family or a bunch of you in this place without getting filled with the Holy Ghost. So if you need Jesus, come receive Jesus. If you need the Holy Ghost, come and get it. God's got good things through for you. Amen. And he, he works through the Holy Ghost. I love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.